0: hey folks this is taylor and i'm chris and we're van lifers from canada
1: we joined the van life community in 2019 shortly after meeting and realizing our mutual interest in adventure and alternative living here we discuss all things van life and life more generally
0: and along the way we get to host some really incredible guests in the community
1: this is the life in van podcast we're outside um we're sitting outside We're enjoying the sounds of nature and an airplane going over us. A literal airplane.
0: Yeah, this is quite the venue. We're in the Madawaska Valley. Um, Usually we start these with uh, telling people what we're drinking.
1: Yeah. Detour. Sponsored, but not for the podcast. (laughs) Um, Muskoka Brewery sent us these freaking awesome cutie cans of beer. Um, How would you describe the flavor? Crispy. Crispy. Crispy.
2: That was the word that first came to my mind. Right. Like
0: a crispy boy.
2: (laughs) What's a crispy boy?
0: It's just like a meme for like beers with your buddies. You down for some crispy boys tonight? (laughs) I've never heard that.
1: also never heard that. I doubt that that doesn't sound real.
2: It's like a Reddit thing. (laughs) Down for some crispy boys. (laughs) That's so good.
1: So Travis, introduce yourselves. And yourselves, all of your personalities. Yeah, there's many of them. Yeah, who uh, are you? Why do we have you here?
2: You want to ask me about some questions about what I want to get in or why I want to get into living in a van? Yeah. And who, I'm here to share my thoughts.
1: Tell us, like, who you are. If someone were to listen to us and be like, who the fuck is Travis? And why is he there in person? Like, who are you?
2: Well, I've known this guy for how long? Like, what? 15 years, grade five? We're probably 14. Grade grade 5, yeah. Or grade 5 actually. That's way younger. So probably 12. Yeah, I've known Taylor pretty much my whole life. And uh through him I obviously met you and
1: uh we're probably like best friends. <laughs> like <laughs> the best of friends.
2: I feel like Travis has made some guest
0: appearances on the show because honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah. You're like the center of a lot of my like stories (laughs) because
1: we like chill quite a bit childhood stories yeah anything like even yeah mostly any story that he that isn't like family guy and a friend's reference it's a travis reference
2: yeah i remember the one that uh you guys were talking about the killarney trip yeah and your experience on mushrooms i remember that one yeah
1: yeah that was that was travis guys that was that's the guy. This is the guy. He's here. This is the guy that in was flesh. in the flesh. Yeah.
2: In blood. He's
1: real. <laughs> yeah. Just some guy yeah, we blamed everything on.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We've been wanting to do this for a bit sit and talk and shoot the shit.
1: Being a fly on the wall for a lot of the conversations that I've been present for between the two of you is such a fucking treat. Like just the the conversations and the debates and the this or that, I guess, is what you guys officially the have this titled and, the it. This
2: and that is the the epitome. We've been just chasing that ever since.
1: Yeah. So I think this will be really interesting because we've had some conversations that I'm like, God, I wish I was recording that because it would just make it's just such great content.
0: Yeah, I feel like we can't brush by
2: that. I feel like we just kinda casually mentioned this and that. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. I guess no one would know what that means. Yeah. So, Taylor and I... This would have been probably grade six, probably the summer of grade six, yeah. Yeah. We, we had a debate about when it's appropriate to use the word this versus that when referring to an object or something. And I think we spent a good, th- what, three days yeah. really parsing this out. I'm pretty sure we would walk around town and like try to like find examples and I guess with enough examples we thought we would find the answer but we never did.
0: I think the closest we got to a conclusion was that it's proximity based but the proximity is like a gray area. So like I would say this microphone but I wouldn't
2: say like this camera. Because right. it's a little too far away.
1: Right. I yeah. Can... It's like a
2: matter of distance. Right. Or like if you're in a house, you would say, this is my home. But if you're here, you would say, that is my home, right? So it really okay. seems to come down to a matter of distance. But that, yeah, that was like, that was the best conversation Taylor and I had ever had and it's yeah. been just chasing that ever since.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. I don't think we've topped that.
2: No. That was... Hopefully we will tonight. That's the <laughs> That's the
0: goal
1: yeah so obviously, Taylor and I have been kind of in the van life scene on and off <laughs> since twenty nineteen um and it I'll speak for myself. It made me super happy to hear that there was an interest for you in in doing the lifestyle i mean moving into that space, and I think we really watched it evolve from like a general interest to um you know I, it'd be cool to do it i don't know if i can and then it's like i'm doing it next year like that's that's now the plan sure a lot of that had to do with school and everything that you kind of had on the docket but i'd be interested to know like start at the beginning of like what got you interested in the idea in the first place
2: well i've had the interest for quite a long time i mean i was interested in lots of different forms of alternative living back when i was like 15 16 like it goes really far back um, I don't know. I just seen some stuff on the internet probably of like people just living different unconventional lives and um, part of that was people living in like school buses and vans and there's something about that that I just was attracted to even then. So, I always kind of had the, the interest <clears throat> but it's like, it's not really like a, it's kind of hard to get into it cheaply and you know, I didn't make a lot of money for a long time. So I was I always had it in the back of my mind, but uh like recently it's been more feasible from a financial point of view. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger and, and delve into it, but the interest has been there forever. I mean even things like, you know, tiny homes and just alternatives to, you know, a standard progression through life has always interested me. I would attribute
0: probably a lot of my interest in alternative living to our friendship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not sure if you had kind of introduced these ideas to me. We might have kind of come across them um, collaboratively in some sense. But um, yeah, because I, I, I've been familiar with van life for quite some time, and I feel like you have as well. We probably stumbled on it like around the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't, <clears throat> in the beginning it was, you know, I, I saw like Into the Wild and movies like that where it's like, oh, there there's someone who's doing something just way different than the expected course of life. You know, the guy, as soon as he graduated college, he just walked around <laughs> North America for two years. Of course, it had a sad ending and, you know, he you could have some criticism about him as, as a person, but like... That notion of, hey, I'm going to explore some alternate way of living life. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But the point is to kind of just try a different path and see if it works. And that, that idea has always been um, of interest to me.
0: So you think your your main barrier uh, up until this point has been the financial piece?
2: Uh, at least for um, Van stuff yeah um you know i you're pretty familiar with like my philosophy on money as it manifested in like my early 20s like that was in a sense motivated by a desire to like have a lot more free time for my own personal interests and personal hobbies and um that was also a value to me but of course if you're sacrificing money for time. Then I don't know, it's kind of hard to get going in a like converted vehicle. I mean, it's a pretty hefty expense. I guess, you know, there are people who who do it on the cheap, so but
0: yeah, it is interesting because that is a draw for a lot of people is the fact that it's like cheap living as well. But I think it's it's probably more the upfront cost, right? It takes a, a little bit to you know, get going, you need to buy the, the rig, you need to outfit it. Um, and just like all of those unknowns, I feel like you want like a decent pool of cash to kind of start with. But month to month, it's probably cheaper than living in, a, in an apartment or a house.
2: Oh, for sure, like relative to like regular, you know, family life, it's way cheaper. Um,
1: I will say though that in it growing in popularity has just skyrocketed the prices now-
2: of vans themselves? Yeah,
1: vans, well, even the products to be able to build out a van. I mean, you know, when we built out our van in 2019, it was still expensive. Um, But this time, you know, buying the van in 2020 and then waiting almost two years to build it out during the pandemic, when everyone now has all this free time, everyone can do these things that they've only dreamt of doing. A lot of people loved the novelty of traveling in a van prices for everything tripled. And so I think, you know, what you could get away with, like you can get stuff used and, you know, buy stuff from the restore and secondhand. And a lot of people do that to save money on their builds. The things that you absolutely need, like solar and fans, like you can't really cheap out on that. Like you have to spend like
2: triple you'd say the prices are like almost three times for certain items yeah certain items. like
1: fans and solar for sure those items
0: timber went up pretty high the prices of a lot of items have increased i think just normal supply and demand mm-hmm. uh lumber went up pretty pretty high during the pandemic but i think that was more just supply related uh, more than demand related right They'll probably also demand because a lot of people were doing home projects and things during the pandemic because they had time. But it's interesting to see like the evolution of, like, the the feasibility of van life in terms of all the amenities that you can have nowadays that are relatively easy to get. Like, you can order most of what you need on Amazon, whereas you know twenty years ago it would have been difficult to get your hands on what would be needed for like a comfortable.
2: But yeah, on the point of money though, like to relative to like a standard, you know, getting a house or an apartment, it's definitely cheaper, right? Um, but I made a point to like work um, like minimal hours. So I didn't really have a whole lot of money because I wanted more, you know, spare time. So from my vantage point, it's like actually, it's actually going to be a bit, well, it'll be roughly the same. It's just the upfront cost is, is a bit of a, an initial investment, obviously, for the van and the conversion itself. Yeah. But once you get going, for me, it'll be like maintaining my cost of living into um, like later age without having to you know, rent a house with roommates and stuff. So you could see yourself doing this for a long time? I have absolutely no idea how I'll react to it. I could be three months in and think this is terrible. Why did I want to do this? And yeah. I have no idea, right? I suspect that I'll dig it. Um,
1: I think you're going to love it personally.
2: Yeah. Like if you think about it conceptually, I, I think I would. But, you know, I'm always open to, you know, have being wrong about that. As for how long I would do it, though, I don't know. I just play it by ear. See if I'm digging it, then I keep going. And as soon as I stop digging it, I stop doing it. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like you're the perfect person for us to interview because um, I feel like you're candid enough with yourself that if you didn't enjoy it, you would just like...
1: There's like no obligation to like, oh, I got to keep doing it, you know, for A, B, and C. It's just like, no, I don't like it. I'm done.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm not going to
1: keep doing this if I don't like it.
2: Yeah. When when we have our like our second interview in a year two years or whatever, then uh, yeah, I can... I think by then I'll be just digging it though.
1: Oh yeah. That's prediction. I
2: think you will.
0: I I feel like the the main th- thing is gonna just be like being able to maintain a good temperature.
2: Yeah, I'm like notoriously picky for humidity and temperature when I'm sleeping. I'm a very picky sleeper. So that'll take some getting used to, but what I'm hoping is that three months into it I'll just be just be used to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be the biggest thing. Like, for us, it was like I think winter was my favorite season only because it was so much easier to maintain.
2: That's what Taylor said too, which is kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: comfortable temperature because the heater, with a Chinese diesel heater in our first build, and that thing put in some goddamn work. It yeah. kept us so warm at night, like waking up sweating and having to turn it down. Whereas in the winter, you have nothing. Yeah. You have and it, in Ontario, it's it's like so humid and heavy yeah and there's no airflow like like you know what i mean like it's just it's not moving yeah, and it's just, just
2: mucky sticky
1: it's gross so you're in a van you've got every single door window thing open you're like in your underwear working in a parking lot
2: well you guys in the first van didn't have windows right we
1: None.
0: didn't have windows and we only had one fan yeah it's ideal
2: to have two so that you can have one sucking in and one pulling out yeah, so that would have been like particularly brutal for the heat and the humidity. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. It's easier to, to warm up than it is to cool down in general. Yeah. 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 But the nice thing about being in a van is that you can just drive to nice climates.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if you're not tied down, but this is the thing, that's not for everybody, right? Like some people still do the in-person nine to five job. Like we knew a, a woman who was living out of her minivan and was still showing up to work every day right? So she didn't she didn't go too far from, she didn't stray too far from there. So like being remote, which you are, you're going to be a software developer. Like Taylor, you are, you're doing it now, but you're in school. Um, you can go wherever you kind of want to, as long as it's remote.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a big selling point. That was a big selling point for getting into software development in the first place was that it's, it is a field that is pretty rich with remote work. And, um, <clears throat> especially now, especially. post-pandemic. Yeah. Especially now. And it just works so perfectly with um, that geographic, geographically independent lifestyle, which I like, you know, or I think I'll like, I've never done it, but I suspect I would like it. Um, just being able to go where you want to go. Yeah. I should clarify, like, I don't want to do it for some abstract reason of oh it's different therefore it's good it's not like there are practical uh reasons and one of those is geographical independence i think that's really neat especially if you're tied if you tie that with remote work and you don't need to be in one spot to do your job then you're you're really truly nomadic i guess at that point and you know i i just like the idea of being able to take my home and wherever i want basically that's a really cool idea it's a it's a pretty
0: unprecedented freedom oh yeah like historically you know where you live has a lot to do with where you work or where you can find work and the fact that we can you know work our regular jobs and get paid well for it and live anywhere
2: yeah it's 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 really weird when you think about it yeah Like, for all of human history, that was just not a thing. But now, with so many jobs and industries able to work remotely, it's like, it's just going to become increasingly common. Yeah. I feel like
0: there's been, uh, especially during the pandemic, you've seen it a lot, um, just like a movement out of cities and into more rural places, Um, you know, a lot of people that can work remote that are living in cities now they realize that the cost of living is very high and there's really no benefit to it like they'd much rather be living out in somewhere like here like Barry's bay where it's cheaper it's nicer more quiet you can still do the same work but you get all the benefits of like not living in the city
2: right yeah 100% yeah you don't have to sell me on it
1: (laughs) I think the thing with land now, though, is that the pricing for that has gone up in light of the pandemic. Like real estate is just absolutely unreal right now, which I feel like is pushing people to, you know, they can't find land or homes right now. It's kind of it is ends up being cheaper to get into a van or get on the road.
0: I'm I'm just interested to see the long term trends of van life. I feel like local governments are going to start noticing the increase in, you know, van lifers in their cities, and I I feel like our generation is, you know, very open to that lifestyle, and we're being pushed into it as well, like you said, with the cost of real estate and housing. I'm just curious to see how that's going to play out in terms of, um, you know, policies and laws and things like that.
1: Yeah, because van life right now is kind of this gray area, right? And I actually wrote a paper about it when I was in college because, one, van life, obviously, I just thought it was so damn interesting and I was doing it, but there was kind of this gray area of, like, is it legal? Is it illegal? Like, there wasn't, there's obviously, like, vehicle laws and, like, parking laws. And there are, I think, some places where it's, like, specifically in the States, I think, depending on where you are in the US. Like there's laws about sleeping and living in your vehicle. Right. But I don't it's it's not the same everywhere. And it's because it's growing in popularity, I feel like everyone has different experiences with even like police. Like
2: Yeah, it does depend too on the community, right? Or the location. Like there's some places out west where there are it's littered with vans. Yeah. And it's like The municipalities there think it's a problem because, I mean, you have a whole, you have a bunch of people living in their vans, they're probably using the local uh, amenities or whatever, maybe there's garbage being, you know, whatever the case is, they think it's an issue. And so when you have a bunch of people living in their van in one spot and it becomes really dense, then yeah, I think that is when bylaws start taking effect.
0: I think we're going to start seeing it. I feel like we're, we're both kind of getting into van life at a time where it's like really going to reach its apex in terms of um, visibility, like social visibility and the ramifications of that. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about how uh, van life can kind of really enable certain hobbies. Uh, especially outdoor hobbies like you know skiing or, uh, in your case, climbing. Um, how much of a factor does that play into, um, I guess, your decision to want to get into the band life?
2: Um, well, initially, not a ton because I really wasn't into much of the hobbies at the very beginning. Um, I only recently got into rock climbing, maybe a year and a half ago, and I haven't. Done much climbing outside, but I eventually want to get much more into that aspect of rock climbing, climbing uh, bigger walls and roped climbs, and you know, van being able to move that readily is ideal for yeah. climbing, right? Because you can just you know go to where the good climbing is and. It's like really well suited to that. And I guess, you know, a lot of climbers do live in vans. It is like a fairly common thing. Um, so more recently, that's definitely made me much more stoked about it. Yeah, sure. Like I'm really excited to to lean into that. Um, and then just to get more into ho- like hiking and camping and outdoor exploring in general. For sure, yeah. I feel
0: like there are some hobbies that would be kind of borderline difficult to really dive headfirst into without living in a van or some sort of nomadic setup. Like I know people that are, you know, really into snowboarding or skiing, Um, they'll work at resorts and like, you know, they'll move around to different resorts and whatever else. And like you said, it seems like a lot of climbers kind of live in vans. Um, Actually watching Free Solo and seeing Alex Honnold in his van was like a a more kind of recent um, re- reigniting of my interest in van life mm-hmm. over the past couple of years.
2: Yeah. Like he lived in his van for like a very long time and he just followed the weather. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. It's just wherever the weather's good, wherever the climbing is, is good, that's where you are. And like, you know, He's like a professional climber, right? So that's like all he did. So working that into, you know, having a full-time job remotely. But even then, you know, you take you take extended vacations and then you can do the big trips. But even smaller stuff, like maybe you take a Friday off and spend two, three days driving out to a certain spot, work for the week, and then spend that weekend climbing. Or even you can even get some climbing in in the evenings yeah. like it's just a versatile lifestyle for for that particular hobby but it's not just climbing like what for you is there anything outside of climbing that you're particularly or that van life makes easier
0: uh, I wouldn't say it's a hobby but it makes it a lot easier to visit and hang out with people because you have your house with you especially if you have friends or family that live far away. It's it's no big deal to just go, you know. It was no big deal for me to go park in my dad's driveway for a week right. at a time. Yeah. So, like that was cool. Not necessarily a hobby, but it just like affords certain things that just otherwise wouldn't be logistically possible.
2: Right. Well, you're particularly into like hiking and camping. Yeah. That would be good, you know, you could It's just, yeah, you you don't have to worry about accommodations as much or like getting a whole tent site ready and, you know, you just bring your home with you and then you can do some day hikes or whatever, bring it to an access point, hike into the backcountry. Yeah, it just just makes that stuff much more seamless.
0: For sure, yeah. We did some camping in Killarney uh, in the summer of 2020 when we had our last van and Uh, we just did some like what you would call car camping, but it was just so easy because it was like, it was like every other night, except you're in like a beautiful park. You don't have to set up your tent or like, you know, worry about all the logistics of like, you know, getting a camping trip ready and packing and everything. Yeah. You just drive to the place and park it. Park it. Yeah. yeah. Just, I feel like the simplicity of it is, is like just so appealing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. I like that I could spend say three weeks in say here, and then oh well, maybe I'll go visit my sister in uh, Nova Scotia for a bit. Take the van out there, park in her parking lot. I can stay with her for a bit, maybe explore the area on the weekends. Uh, maybe go visit my dad in Newfoundland after that. Spend month there, maybe go visit my other sister, you know, it's just like getting up and moving and going to a new place is just really easy now. Of course, you have to pay for gas which is quite expensive but uh, like just logistically it's yeah. you don't have to, it's not a big deal. And you know, we're we're really lucky, you and I, in the sense that we work 100% remotely. We don't have to worry about getting back in time to work so that's a particular you know, privilege of ours that makes it even um, easier to do that kind of thing, which not everybody has, right? Totally.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, I always had the the long-term vision to work remotely, but at least, you know, before the pandemic a couple of years ago, uh, if you're a software developer, you probably had to be like an intermediate or senior level in order to get those remote positions. Mm. There weren't a lot of companies hiring remote and the ones that did pretty competitive because it's a pretty appealing work setup. Right. Uh, but nowadays it's just ubiquitous. Yeah, it's commonplace, yeah. If there's a silver lining of the pandemic, I think
2: it's that for us at least. Right. Yeah, especially in yeah, in the tech world. Like remote work is way more common now and it's probably here to stay.
0: Oh, for sure it is, yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see how many developers get into van life. Especially with you know, new technologies like Starlink and like satellite Wi-Fi that's actually fast and reliable. Yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot more software developers in advance, You know, all these companies are realizing that they can work re- work remotely and still be productive. All the the technology is kind of caught up. You know, you've got the the tools like Slack and Zoom and everything that's needed in order to work remotely. I think the missing piece is going to be um just the missing piece is going to be like society being welcoming to that lifestyle and being accommodating to it. And I'm I'm a little concerned that that won't be the case.
2: Um in what ways do you think that won't be the case? Like what do you think the pushback if any would be?
0: I think the pushback will be just the logistical difficulty of managing people that don't have a fixed address in terms of taxes and like just all all the bureaucracy that revolves around people being fairly stationary.
2: Well, does it involve, does it require them to be physically stationary or does it just require them to have an address? Because like the government doesn't know where people are if they're like messing about. Yeah, I think the issue is primarily the address. But to my understanding, a lot of people would like use a parent or a friend's address.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is pretty common. I think, I think it's doable now because it's still kind of hush hush.
2: No, oh, so, yeah, there might be a bit more of like a, maybe a crackdown on it. I think so.
0: I I mean that's just my speculation, but i i just think that there's so much structure in place that revolves around people not being so nomadic and even like you know people pay property tax in a city to pay for public goods but if there's all these van lifers living in um tofino and not paying property tax but they're using all these public services basically living there full time
2: yeah right like if you're If you're actually using the services and you're like making an impact in that community but you're not contributing in the same way that other residents are then i can see a case for you know having some kind of regulation around that
0: yeah and i think there's going to be a bit of like a not in my backyard kind of situation where you've got these rich landowners that would just prefer to not have van lifers littering their city
2: I yeah that that'll probably be common especially in the more like dense areas like Tofino.
0: It'll it'll certainly depend on the area and depend on the city, like some places that are less populated would probably welcome it because it's a lot more, um, like tourist revenue for them. But yeah, areas like Tofino I think are they're gonna
2: probably crack down over the next little while. Yeah, I mean if it becomes large enough, I don't know why not have like. I don't know. Showering stations or something out and about, you know, if you're if you're like a tax-paying citizen, say maybe there's a little bit more infrastructure in place if it's if it's widespread enough, if a good chunk of the population is living that way, then maybe have at least some infrastructure in place for it. Yeah, I can see some some changes definitely uh, taking place if it, if it grows. Yeah, and like on a more individual level or a more personal level, I feel, like, I feel like if you're living very nomadically and, and geographically independent, you you almost you're almost accepting a kind of unrootedness, kind yeah. of like a lack of place, a solid homestead where you know, your family lives, your friends are all around. So, you know, the ideal of well i'll just never be in the same place for more than whatever you know maybe there's downsides on an individual level to that as well wh- where you know you're like i don't know maybe i want to just be where my friends and family are
0: yeah i see that a lot in the digital nomad community i subscribe to the digital nomad subreddit and people on there tend to live in hostels, not necessarily in vans. Some of them live in vans, but it's mostly like living in hostels and backpacking around. And with that kind of lifestyle, like there's there's really no home. At least with van life, your home is, you know, going with you. And since you're you're a lot more free in that respect, like you can just go chill with family for most of the time that you're living in your van. Whereas if you're you know, living out of hostels, you tend to be, you know, on the move a bit more.
2: Yeah, or traveling. abroad and totally other country. Yeah, but a lot of people do talk about that—the kind of loneliness that can come if you're too nomadic, yeah. too uh, un-unrooted. Totally. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's the beauty of van life—is like you can, you can really choose your lifestyle. Like, we, Crystal and I, lived in Toronto stationary for half of a year just working and going to school. You don't need to be moving really, it could just be a house that's on wheels.
2: Yeah and I imagine it's not super common to be like always on the go, always you know because first of all most people don't really like driving all day and also there's nothing wrong with just I'm going to go to this place and then spend a lot of time there, go to this place, spend a lot of time there. I guess you would still experience that lack of rootedness from like people, friends and family. If you're always, like, away from them. Um, but, yeah, you could always come back and spend six months, spend the summer or whatever, right? It's the flexibility. That's that's the that's the key cell. Yeah. You're not, like, locked in to, to this, like, unrooted existence. <laughs> For sure.
0: Yeah, man, I think you're going to love it. I want to ask you what, you know, other than temperature and climate, are there any other things that you're concerned
2: might um might be show stoppers for you show stoppers yeah. um well, I don't know if humidity would be a show stopper but yeah it's it's definitely something I'm concerned about um you know probably the loneliness and unrootedness because I can see myself you know not being very rooted and just kind of flooding about so I think that, would eventually become an issue, but like we said, you can always you can always come back to where where your people are. I feel like there's going to be some comforts that I'll not have realized were as comfortable as they are now in my current life. I don't know if yeah. th- those would be showstoppers though. It would just be like, oh, I didn't realize that this was as uncomfortable as I thought it would be. I will say having done it that
0: there are certain things that are just like slightly more inconvenient. And it really depends on your build, but for us, it was dishes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so you just I can see that
0: like not motivated to cook because you don't want to do up all the dishes that are made. Yeah. Another thing is like if you've been driving all day and you're trying to get to a destination and it's getting dark and you want to find somewhere to set up, it's not always easy to just like find a good place to chill. So that can become a bit of a, a nuisance when you're just like, man, I just want to cr-
2: yeah, it's always on your mind. You're like, fuck, where do I park? Yeah. Got to find a good spot. Yeah.
0: So there are inconveniences, but I think on the whole, it's like a very liberating
2: lifestyle. I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I think the, the pros will definitely outweigh the cons. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Chrislin got smoked out, um, but we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, we're going to interview Travis, hopefully in another year or so, when he's in his van and see how things are going. Thanks for... Uh, thanks for stopping by it was a pleasure
1: thank you all so much for checking out this week's episode of the life and van podcast hosted and produced by me chris and taylor to show your support for the podcast make sure to follow us on instagram at the life and van podcast there you'll get to see upcoming guest episodes and get the opportunity to engage a bit more, um, with the community revolved around the life in podcast. We've been loving your messages and your comments on our posts and really getting the feedback from you guys, of what you've been liking, what you'd like more of. And it's just been a really awesome opportunity to connect with you all. We'll see you next Friday for a brand new episode.